laugh at this next part. In a world of political correctness and cancel culture, two comedians have risen up to prove that with the right angle, anything can be funny. This is You Can't Laugh at That. Who writes these? Huh? We should have this person locked up and looked at. Live from Golden Ox Studios in Cleveland, Ohio, it's Steve Mers and David Horning on this week's episode. The central joke to it, which initial uh, that I think everything was built around, was, you know, I can't believe we're a country that has both opinions and guns and we've only had one civil war. So that was like, everything else kind of stemmed out of that idea. Okay. I'm just like imagining one of those like, bubble charts where there's the central idea and then the connecting thoughts. That, that tends to be like how all my jokes go. Even if you can't tell what the initial center point was, it's like, oh, what about this thing? What about this thing? What about this thing? I think there's really only one real conspiracy, and that's probably conspiracy theories themselves. Yeah, I think that underneath the White House, there's like a secret office with like guys and like ties, but like the short sleeve shirts still. Like they're just like on computers, like churning out theory after theory to throw you, the general public, off of how easy it is to shoot the president. I'm going to need you people to come with me on this one because I think they're... Because, like, they tell you, oh, you can't shoot the president. First lie, he's got secret service. They'll jump in front of the bullet. You can't jump in front of a bullet. <laughs> if you could jump out of the... If you could jump in and out of the way of bullets, Cleveland would be a much different city. Like, give me your wallet! Ah, oh, no! Ha-ha, no! What's the crime rate today? Can't catch me! Can't do it. So, so, this is a country where we are encouraged to have both guns and opinions, and we've only had like 44 presidents. That's ridiculous. If we shot presidents more, do you realize the progressive wonderland that would, we would be living in? <laughs> Transgender bathrooms would have been solved 10 presidents ago. You'd have bathrooms of every gender. They'd be offering you new genders to identify with. Please, don't shoot us. They shout. It's amazing. Like, how is it we've only had one civil war? Come on. Yeah, is that the strength of democracy or is that American laziness? You tell me. Where they tell us continually, if you can dream it, you can achieve it. Until unless what you're dreaming is killing the president, then no, all of a sudden you need magic bullets that go every which way. I believe in the America where a man could pull himself up by the bootstraps to the sixth floor of that book depository and change history himself. My name is Tim Cornell, everybody. Good night. Can't laugh at that. You know, a good way to keep me quiet on a podcast is to show me footage of both me speaking and like existing, prancing around the stage. I love how the end like, of that joke has the tempo of like, I am a man who lives in a van down by the river. <laughs> that is 
Oh boy. Yeah. I've never put that together before. Thanks. And a podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you mean that thing I thought was really funny when I was 13? <laughs> I just kept on doing it over and over again. <laughs> that's, that's my style on stage. I throw myself yeah. through a coffee table at the end of my set. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to You Can't Laugh at That, the podcast where we take topics that are considered offensive or just generally you can't laugh at it. We find ways to laugh at them. Uh, today, I am joined by my guest co-host, Jeremy Demery, as well as our guest, the very funny Tim Cornette. Hello. That was Tim Cornette that we just heard. And uh, I'm... <laughs> I never heard that bit before. Obviously, it's an older bit, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I... Uh, I re- See, it was a joke when Obama was president, but now it's inciting a riot. <laughs> That's... It is a I little mean, older. I'm sorry. I, I actually have newer upsetting material. I just don't know if I if I have it recorded well. Oh, it's not, it's not a big deal. I mean, we haven't talked about assassinations yet, so... Okay, good. We're all in. If you if you uh, if you eventually record something else and and want to talk about it, let us know, and we'll we'll throw you on another episode. So first and foremost, Tim, comedy. How long you been doing it? This is oh my god. This is my twentieth year. <laughs> yeah. What made you decide? I'm funny. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna make people laugh from a microphone. Oh, I was nineteen and needed attention. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. How so did it, how did it go when you first started? Uh you know, my first first set was an abomination. Uh just an exercise in public humiliation, which <laughs> turns out to be a pretty valuable lesson as far as stand-up comedy is concerned. But uh the second, like the like after that, after I kind of got my legs a little bit and got the courage to try it again. I, uh, you know, it, it went actually kind of well, which is kind of, you know, that's what does you in. Yeah. The first time you do well, that's I, the first few times I ever did it did not go well. Um, and then I tried it and like actually constructed a bit that was more in my voice rather than me trying to be funny and think of like, Oh, I, I bet the audience will think this is funny. Uh, and it changed everything. Yeah, I mean, I was 19, so I'm like, I bet you people want to hear my worldview. Yeah. <laughs> How different was the scene then as it is today? Actually, it's uh it's pretty it's it's pretty different. It's it's way different. Back then, I mean, Cleveland is way different. Like we all started at a place called the Robin's Nest, which was on like East 30th something in St. Clair, which has like condos and like breweries now it's not all the way gentrified but they're they're giving it an honest go yeah. uh and then it was like you know it, it was it was a little rougher there was a there was a two or three strip clubs around <laughs> around the area and like i was the only white kid like everybody there the scene was dominated by like these guys who whose claim to fame was uh comic view on BET, which is honestly kind of an interesting, an interesting vein of comedy. So like the guys who like took me under their wing were all like comic view guys. Hmm. How did that influence your style? Do you think? 
I mean, it taught me how to get attention right away. <laughs> and you do that. That's for well, sure. I mean, those were hard lessons. If you, if you don't like, boom, take the stage right away, you're, you're gonna, I mean, you gotta, you gotta really fight for it. Right now, uh, were those mostly black rooms and you, you got started in mostly black rooms? Yeah, but that didn't last forever. Like I got talked into moving to Las Vegas like a year or two after I started and I did that. And then it was like a whole thing of competing with, uh, competing with like slot machines and stuff. Vegas is the stupidest place to do like comedy. If you're not so well established, they just give you your own theater. It's probably a little different now. I'm speaking like a long time ago now, but uh, yeah, like Cleveland is a really segregated place. Even now there's like, there's white and black comedy and like, it's really, it's really weird. It's it's weird that that hasn't gone away. I wonder how things will revive after you know people are stop being scared of going out. You know, honestly, it might have a positive effect. There will be less places to go to. So, and I think as a populace, we'll just be happy to just see anybody. So yeah, right. we'll be like, yeah, all right. So that's too bad because I mean that costs. You know, I'm not able to see comics like Mike Head as much, or, or like your Rob Wards, or, or your Jr. Juniors, and and you know Joey Zaza. Yeah, and honestly, like Cleveland is a huge is a huge space. There's like, there's. Do you guys know Marcus Martin? I I know I I've seen the name. I don't think I've ever seen him. Uh, he sticks out in my mind. Because, like, I, I moved away from Cleveland for a while, and then I, like, I came back, and, like, at this time, I was, like, I was an established comedian by the time I moved back. And, like, I'm meeting everybody, and everything's going well, and then, like, people are like, oh, Tim, blah, 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 like, you know, all that sort of thing. And then I go to this place, I, I think it's called Uncle Kurt's Getaway. It was run by a guy named Al Boogie. And then, like, it was packed. Uh, Delonte Hawkins was there, too. And it was, like, it was packed. And I'm like, how come I've never heard of this packed show in Cleveland? But it was all, it was like, I was the only white guy there. And then, like, out of nowhere, he wasn't there at the beginning. Marcus Martin, who I had not met before, goes on stage. Like, he just walks in out of the room, goes on stage, fucking crushes like people are doing somersaults they're laughing so hard and he's he's like and then after his set which is like 15 or 20 minutes of just wall-to-wall crushing he like walks out of the room with two women and i'm like what the fuck how how is this guy like how how have I not heard of this guy? Uh, like Cleveland's weird. The yeah. Fonzarelli of stand-up comedy. Yeah, he basically showed up, bumped the jukebox twice, and left with two ladies. He's like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm like, what the shit is this? That's amazing. And he's like, see, like he even like he had like two women like in each arm, and he was like, see you later, guys, and then just like walked out. I'm like, what? What I'm, sort of? I'm, I'm working on that. Uh, <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> uh, with that assassination bit, uh, get that response for you. 
The assassination bit gets a big response either way. If it bombs, it doesn't just bomb. It, it talks. It's it's talk to the manager. Bomb. <laughs> it, it it doesn't just bomb. It bombs with the intent to create. Yeah. You know, and it's always in my back pocket if I want to be ornery or if I just like, if it's such the wrong event for it, mm-hmm. I I have it there of like, or I did, I have more upsetting jokes now, but I'm like, oh, I have this to really, to really upset people. Because like, again, I it's not just shock humor. In a way, I kind of believe it. I mean, you should. I mean, you, you know, you shouldn't be up there just saying things that aren't your opinion. Um, that's that's kind of my, I mean, no pun intended, but that's kind of what makes me bulletproof is that like, no, I really, I really think that like I have that libertarian streak where power belongs in the hands of the people. Look, yeah. if we didn't have co- comedians out there like that didn't go up and spoke not their own opinion, we wouldn't have a Joe Rogan. The Joe Rogan half the time doesn't believe half the shit he says. Okay. <laughs> His country was like, are you? I, I misunderstood what you were saying. <laughs> like, I don't think I phrased it properly to be honest. Yeah, with you. Hey guys, let's, let's take a minute and give it up to hero Joe Rogan. No, <laughs> definitely <American> not. Patriot. <laughs> that guy is so full of shit all the time. It drives me crazy. Hmm. I mean, we're comics. Everybody's full of shit all the time. I, I don't, I, I, I don't see why Joe Rogan is so offensive. I, it seems like he's really easy to ignore if you don't like. I mean, Elon Musk smoked weed on his podcast, but I don't see where that translates into like real world <laughs> policy. You're Twitter right. policy, maybe. Um, yeah, like it's just Jordan. <laughs> Yeah, he has Jordan Peterson on. Men should be men. That's my Jordan Peterson imitation. Laughing. I want to talk a little more about your bit. Where did it come from? Like, what what started the process of writing that joke? It was probably just the challenge of uh, can I write a joke about this? Honestly, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of an old joke, so I can't remember like the aha kind of thing but like I, it is it, it is kind of a thought that I have the central joke to it which initial uh, that I think everything was built around was you know I can't believe we're a country that has both opinions and guns and we've only had one civil war so that was like everything else kind of stemmed out of that idea okay I'm just like imagining like one of those like bubble charts where there's the central idea and then the connecting thoughts. That that tends to be like how all my jokes go. Even if you can't tell what the initial center point was, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, what about this thing? What about this thing? What about this thing? Yeah, I mean, you lead up to it. I mean, it, it's like a it's like a well constructed <laughs> thesis. It's like here's here's the thing to grab your attention. You know, like the anecdote or the hypothetical at the beginning, and then the thesis, and then supporting details. I, a lot of my jokes have actually kind of fallen in a pattern. I'm trying to break it a little now. I it just like I just kind of I, I'm even seeing it like now it's like ah, I'm giving a lot of TED talks. Like I'm giving just a lot of weird TED talks, and a lot of the like a lot of the big jokes, like kind of the closer jokes that I've written over the past few years, has been like 
and it isn't even really been on purpose, but it's like, here's the central idea. Here's me defending this idea. So it could be, uh, you know, anything. You have to. I mean, if, if you're making a point, like you have to be able to, it has to hold up. Like you have to have in front of an audience, like just make the supporting details funny to make the point even stronger. Yeah. And honestly, like I've got a big old hillbilly streak in me. I'm always ready for a good revolution. The, the, the world that we're living in now seems to have outdated that joke because it's, it's like, it's not that far out of, out of the realm of possibility. I I honestly do want Donald Trump dead. So it's kind of hard to say now, like I want him dead. If I was a better shot, I would do it myself. (laughs) Like if I were to actually voice my opinions and this is, this is where it's at. Like it's, borderline treasonous or like can at least get me a talk from the secret service. Yeah. I just love I have a whole bit on wanting to like, it's a whole thing. I I've, I've stopped telling it more casually, but it's, it's a similar kind of joke where it's like, I feel bad for Melania Trump, but we're going to have to hang her anyway. Uh, there's more buildup to the joke than that. But then I say, as a crowd, we all need to decide what we need to do about Baron. And that's where everybody like draws the line is trying to murder a child. But like, that's kind of my point. Are we going to leave Baron alive when we hang the Trump family? Because he's going to come back even more evil and more powerful. He's going to have like, and like he's going to hate us because we're the crowd that killed his parents in front of him. The only way I can see Baron getting out of it is that if he kills his family, if he like comes out of the White House and he's holding Donald Trump's head and he's like, I've done this for love of my country. Like, <laughs> it's like, awesome. Thank you. Also, how old are you? 16. You might need to go to counseling. No, no, he doesn't have any counseling. He gets a free ride. Wherever he wants. I like the Batman theory though. <laughs> kill his kill his parents and, and then he goes out. Yeah. No, we really nobody take your eye off of Baron because this is He's the dark horse. He is literally the dark horse in all this. He could he might be the Antichrist. Hmm. <laughs> He's the one. We're we're all looking at his dad. I mean <laughs> Melania, whore of Babylon. You see, this is man. This is a this is a rabbit hole. It is a rabbit hole. But this is also it does kind of go back to I think my strength as a comedian is that I can speak your redneck crazy shit right back at you. So whatever promise, whatever premise you give me, such as the assassination and like liberation from President Donald John Trump. Like, I can put it in redneck terms. If you can sell that idea to his supporters. Listen, sometimes you got to clip the corn to let the the rest of it grow. Mm, There it is. Sometimes it grows just too much at top. Because you've used too many weird chemicals and it's spoiled the crop. I love the fact that the like what's stopping you from like murdering the president isn't the ramifications of the action itself. It's that like it's motivation. I'm just, I'm just I'm just not a good shot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that kind of goes back into your bit too. Um 
I mean, you you start it with the the conspiracy theory thing. You know, you start with this hypothetical of these guys and these short sleeve button ups with ties underneath the White House, just like like creating a, a narrative that uh, you can't assassinate the president. Yeah, you can totally assassinate the president. What makes the president less assassinatable? Even the word assassination is actually kind of bullshit because the president can be assassinated, but I can be murdered. Like, that's bullshit. Like, he's made out of the same hot dog parts I am. <laughs> You're not wrong there. So it starts with kind of like an out there hypothetical. And then and then you make your point, your theory. They're coming up with conspiracies to hide how easy it is to shoot POTUS. And then uh, it, it gets like a, a lukewarm reaction. And then the, the line, I, I love when, when comics do this, just the, you're going to need to come with me on this. Um, you know what? Sometimes saying it outright is just the best thing to do. I'm not going to try and win you over with cleverness, but listen, guys, you're going to need to come with me on this. It's short and it lets people know that either loosen your butthole or you're in for something like yeah. either way prepare yourself it's a great tool okay so then uh <laughs> it's the it's the comedic equivalent of saying put up your dukes <laughs> right well we're gonna have a scrap right and then uh the the bullet the 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 myth that the secret service is gonna jump in front of the bullet um and then you give the ridiculous example of like if that were the case, then, you know, crime would be way down in Cleveland. And that, uh, you know, I, I, that part was just kind of thought of at the, at the time, because okay. we happened to be, that was filmed in a terrible neighborhood. So okay. I was just kind of looking out the window while I was speaking. Okay. All right. Well, way to bring the room in on it. I mean, that's yeah. too. it's just like, Oh, here we are in this moment. Let me incorporate that in this joke that might ruffle feathers, but. I, I don't, I, I like that actually kind of leads to the Ted talkiness part of it is that I don't necessarily recite from a script. I have a loose, a loose confederation of punchlines that I just kind of like jumble together. Yeah. Uh, you know, it makes every show a little different, but it, it has its strengths and weaknesses. So do you, I mean, you just write down bullet points and then. Yeah, and then I just kind of, as I say it, I try and keep in the moment so it kind of allows things to just kind of like pop up at the time. Mm -hmm. All that hopping around I was doing was improvised at the time. All that was improvised. Well played. Well played. I mean, and I'm a genius. Aspect. Yeah, no, of course. That's that's really what we're saying. I the mean, in order, podcast. and I, I, I'm guessing that other comedians listening are like, oh, I, I should try that. I mean, yeah. but understand... I am very, very good at this. You're a stable genius. That's what you are. Yeah. You're a stable <laughs> I a, genius. I am a stable genius. This is what it looks like. And you make a good point too. I mean, you got you know, you've got to stay in the pocket, but you're also going to get blitzed. So you got to be able to improvise and be in the moment and know where you're going to go and like know where you're going to go and make sure it's going to work at the same time. Yeah, it's all right to have a destination in mind, but it's like you don't necessarily always take the same streets to get there. Right. I like that. I like that metaphor. Um, you uh, you introduce the absurdity of the fact, like you make it absurd, and and that's what I liked about it. That's where I was like, okay, I'm on board with this joke. When you when you make it absurd, uh, the fact that more presidents haven't been shot, you know, and then like you said, the the we're encouraged to have guns and opinions, and we haven't had more assassinate. Like we should have had so many more presidents. 
That tells you how peaceful Americans actually are. Because mm-hmm. we're loaded to the gills. There's yeah. an ammo. There's an ammo shortage right now because we cannot buy any more ammo. We've bought all the ammo. And we want them to produce more, and they can't. And we still have not shot this fucking president. (laughs) (laughs) These ammo companies are just like melting down metal trinkets. Yeah, they're like, yeah, they're. (laughs) That's what they're making Confederate statues into. Like they're just (laughs) here. This will make you fucking hillbillies happy. That's so funny. Uh, so you have Confederate statues. Um, the fact that we've only had one civil war, that's a great point too. You make so many good points in like such a kind of like, that's, that's about to be outdated. Right. <laughs> that's that it like this time next year, that'll be hearing like our amazing 48 States. Like you'll be like, when is this from? This did not age well. Yeah. 45, 45 presidents, 48 States. <laughs> If only times were that simple. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, the just the absurdity of the president saying, please don't shoot us. I think that's my favorite line in the whole bit. <laughs> that's their message. Instead of saying, God bless America, please don't shoot us. And that's how they sign off. There's a part in there that I didn't. In- There's a couple parts that, like to the joke that I didn't. If I could really make this joke 20 minutes if I wanted to. And sure. with, like, and there was one part in there where, and it never gets a laugh. So, but it's like my favorite part of the assassination is when like John Wilkes Booth, Lee Harvey Oswald, whoever did the deed, like turns around and is like, right, guys? <laughs> And everybody's like, what the fuck did you do? <laughs> you mean you you didn't like that I did that? You know, fucking Lincoln guys, I fucking got him. And everybody's like, what the fuck have you done? <laughs> like, that is a feeling that only like three or four people have experienced throughout all human history. Like, oh, I fucked up and uh, killed the wrong person. I killed the wrong head of state. You mean you guys didn't want me to kill the president? I thought when I was going to leap from this box onto the stage, you were going to catch me and carry me out on your shoulder. <laughs> That's really what he was probably envisioning. Like, to I'm going to go up. I'm going to shoot Lincoln in the head and everybody's going to be like, fucking finally. <laughs> they were going to call it the John, the John Wilkes boom. <laughs> this is John Wilkes time. <laughs> if I were the audience when Lincoln got assassinated, I'd be the guy in the audience that thinks like, oh, they got the president in on the production. Oh, bravo. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'd be the guy like at the ticket booth, like, can I get a refund? <laughs> Listen, That's I work hilarious. hard and I don't get to, I don't get to go to that many shows. <laughs> and the one time I go out, the president is fucking assassinated. How does it end? Right. You could have at least cleaned it up and we could have just had the intermission there. And then, and then come, I'll come back in, filed back in, and watch the act two. It's not that. What if it was like a Gallagher show, and the first few aisles had tarps to pull over themselves? Today's Republicans, they love the line of like, "Where do you draw the line on this? Where do you draw the line?" That's what, that's what you're asking. It's like, if I don't, if I have to pay for this, where do you draw the line? 
Row three, because after that, the spatter is not going to get past row three. That's for you. <laughs> yeah. Splash zone. I'll show you a party of Lincoln. <laughs> now, John Wilkes Booth. <laughs> if he had done it with a giant mallet instead, that would have been a lot more whimsical. And then he painted a door on the side of the stage and then walked through it. <laughs> How did he do that? And <laughs> How was Lincoln assassinated? He was fooled by some free bird seed. <laughs> he got through a whole civil war and it was... <laughs> <laughs> it was a classic parlor trick that got him. <laughs> <laughs> Anvil on ahead got the best of presidents. That's how you make assassination funny. You just make it wacky. You crossed the line. And then I, I love how you end it. If you can dream it, you can achieve it. Unless that dream is to kill the president. Uh, That's where I go into actual, like, now we're actually deep delving into what Tim actually thinks. Like, if you work hard enough and you overcome all obstacles, why can't you assassinate the president? If you can dream it, you could. I mean, you have to live with the consequences, sure. But that's true of every dream. Somebody's listening to this and they're like putting together like a vision board. They're like, yeah. oh my God, I would love it if I was somebody's catcher in the rye. <laughs> J.D. Salinger's not in jail. I pulled myself up by my bootstraps. They understand that. I have boots. <laughs> this would be the perfect time to assassinate the president too, right after the second stimulus check passes. Yeah, you have to wait till he, he has to get a signature on it first. I got to hold on. Hold, yeah. hold that itchy trigger finger, fellas. <laughs> How soon is too soon when it comes to assassination jokes? Uh, or not soon enough? Um, you know, that's person like, it's actually kind of like the assassination itself. It's It's whatever you feel like. You just have to be... Prepared to deal with the consequences. Can't laugh at that. Let's talk about the assassinations. Not enough. We'll talk about like the Archduke Franz Ferdinand. We don't get into that enough. You know, because I don't actually know that much about Franz Ferdinand. Uh, other than he has a great song called "Take Me Out." Uh, <laughs> I mean, I didn't even. <laughs> I. I, I uh... I didn't even grow up with that. And honestly, World War One had many causes. That's right. that's one of those things where like if the audience has to Google anything, like your joke is pretty much is pretty much toast. Right. If you have to explain why the joke is funny right after telling the joke. For oh. further information on this joke, visit your local library. <laughs> <laughs> You just have like an app on your phone while you're at the show. You gotta yeah. look up the it's like you know, two screens. It's a pop-up video experience. Hold on, I'll wait while you read this paragraph. A little bit about France. Francis Ferdinand. Uh he was next in succession to the Austro-Hungarian throne after his father. Uh, but because of Franz Ferdinand's ill health in the eighteen nineties, his younger brother was the one that was more likely to succeed. I just feel Did like, you just know that, or are you reading? No, that? I'm reading it. I'm reading. Oh, okay, it. I was like, it's wow, like, oh, I haven't done my reading. This it's motherfucker's got got it's Franz Ferdinand. <laughs> what if I did that? That was just such an. I majored in Franz Ferdinand. I'm, I'm a political science major, so it's like the same thing uh, as far as relevance. Uh, I could see it if you were like that one period in like 
world, uh, you know, I mean, World War One was serious. Sure, I don't was. know. <laughs> uh, uh, wow, what a hot take. <laughs> yeah, I don't you know. Here first, World War One <laughs> was. Serious. I could probably, you know what? You could probably upset people with Vietnam jokes still. Sure. If you're like trying to like elicit a response, even World War Two at this point, we know it through like movies, movies, and maybe our grandparents. But even that is like fading away. Like you could probably do some solid World War Two jokes. Yeah. Some- Pearl Harbor bits. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, and honestly, I've I I could do plenty. I could do another episode on Hitler. I could do. I have so many Hitler jokes, and nobody is like really offended by that. No, um, he's a piece of shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, saying. yeah, like, you know, Holocaust jokes would probably upset people, but those aren't like those jokes are designed to upset people. They're not, you're not making, I, I, I don't see what point you could be making using a Holocaust joke. I could be wrong, but I just, I can't envision it right now. I'm sure there's a way I've seen, uh, have I seen, have I seen good Holocaust jokes? <laughs> I don't uh, think so. Cause like the punchline is like 6 million people dead. Ha ha. Oh, I know, right? You can't. Yeah, see, yeah, we haven't had an episode like, on that yet. I yeah, refuse to call it. Uh, World that's War- a tough one. I yeah. refuse to call it World War II. What I call it is Pearl harboring anger towards other people. Pearl harboring anger. I mean, <laughs> I shouldn't have smoked weed before. This. Yeah, well, yeah. No, that, 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 <laughs> you shouldn't have. There, there's something there. There's something there. Ah, uh, that that line will live in infamy. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> Thank you, David. You saved it for me. I don't know. I'd try to add a tag, whatever. (laughs) Too soon. Again, a parade took out Franz Ferdinand. Uh, We got to stop having parades with convertibles. I think that's that's the solution here. Or maybe have more. I mean, honestly, if you have a gun, a parade and that game at the carnival where, like, you have to shoot the ducks... It's pretty much the same thing. Yeah. I just want to see the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade devolve into <laughs> devolve into a, uh, a national, an international incident. Well, they shot Bullwinkle, Bullwinkle has some uh, upsetting opinions. So, Tim, when did you find yourself a, a part of Antifa? Uh, you know, my brother, it should be noted. I, I, I have two brothers who are in the military, but I swear to God, if there were an Antifa, I could join. I would just to upset my fucking brother. He is like, both of my brothers are in the fucking military. They joined the fucking military in their forties and yet are somehow terrified of government control. You've given up your control. <laughs> like, you're the only people here the government controls. Can't beat them. Join them, baby. Idiots. Let's dive into uh, one of these bits, because we've talked about a hypothetical assassination at this point and, and kind of the, the trouble that you can get in for it. Um, so John Mulaney did a, uh, he hosted SNL. I think it was one of the last episodes before the pandemic. And uh, his monologue was great, but he has about a 30-second bit in the middle that drew some ire. 
and uh, we'll play that and kind of talk about why and uh, how it's actually a pretty good joke. I'm, but I'm being subjective, of course. It is a leap year, as I said. Leap year began in the year 45 BC under Julius Caesar. This is true. He started the leap year in order to correct the calendar, and we still do it to this day. Another thing that happened under Julius Caesar was uh, uh, he was such a powerful maniac that all the senators grabbed knives and they stabbed him to death. <laughs> That'd be an interesting thing if we brought that back now. Um, I asked my lawyer if I could make that joke, and he said, let me call another lawyer, and that lawyer said yes. That's it. That's all he said. And of course, you know, the next day, right wing, uh, right wing media was all over it. Like he, oh, he well, suggested we assassinate Trump. If you listen to the joke, he doesn't. He just says it would be interesting. He doesn't advocate for anything, but with any. Yeah. See, that's where it's. That's. I think you're seeing it two different styles. I wouldn't dance around it. I would say, let's fucking assassinate Trump. <laughs> That's we don't allude to it. like we're we are beyond that. It's if it's we're not alluding to it or saying like, oh, it's a cute thing. Like we just got to come out and say it. Well, I love the parallel to if, uh, another like another like a famous assassination from centuries ago. Yeah. Um, that's fun. That is a funny idea, actually. Because you can parallel that and just be like, oh, like we, Caesar's last words were, a tu brute. <laughs> what would he, how would he, what would his famous last line be? A tu Pompeo. Like he, <laughs> he doesn't know Latin. Person, man, woman, camera, TV. <laughs> I think he would just turn around and say, you're fired. <laughs> you're fired. <laughs> you're fired. I'm thinking Arby's. Um, and, you know, you can parallel the, the the two assassinations, I guess. I mean, that's one way to do it. I, th- I I like how people were, you know, up in arms about this this hypothetical assassination, too. It's like, he didn't say to do it. Yeah, but they know we really want Trump dead. No. So John Mulaney, I mean, he got a little bit of, like, press pushback. But he didn't lose his job. He's still a wildly successful comedian. Um, and he just got picked up for another like two specials on Netflix with the, the sack lunch bunch. Uh, but Kathy Griffin, on the other hand, we haven't seen a whole lot of her since she did her her stunt. Um, you remember that, right? Yeah. Well, Kathy Griffin was more on the nose. Yeah. The she, visual aspect of it. See, this is this is what. Kathy Griffin backed down and apologized. That's where she went wrong. Mm. Just commit to the bit. Should have committed to the bit. Yeah. And she didn't. And that's where everybody like, she, she, she like backed down a little and then everybody tore her apart. Mm-hmm. You know, her ability. Yeah. She's like, Oh, they did. She, Cause she didn't want to get canceled. She didn't want to get like, you know, hate bombed every day, which is understandable. But if you don't want to get hate bombed every day, don't hold a bloody picture of the president on a magazine cover. Yeah. What but, was, I mean, what was the what was the point? You know, what was the message other than <laughs> this is what we should do? I think that's kind of it. Like that goes back to what we said earlier. You got to be able to back that shit up. So when they come to you and they're like, what did you mean by that? It'll be, you can be like, motherfuckers, this is what I mean. Instead of being like, oh, I'm sorry. Right. I mean, please don't be mad at me. 
the ultimate irony here is she could have learned from the president because if he would do that with Joe Biden, he'd be like, eh, someone just handed it to me. I, I didn't know. Or mm-hmm. He wouldn't even apologize. He'd just dial in on it. I mean, that's actually true. That's a very good point. I mean, honestly, the this president is using a stand-up comics tools. It's like if you actually took the transcript of what I would say, it's largely nonsense. Like people just kind of feed off of the energy of it. It's like it's I'm I'm inciting a riot. I'm saying like a bunch of go get them stuff. Make America great again doesn't mean anything. It could just as easily be get her done. Yeah, <laughs> it's. Sh- <laughs> I mean, it it is. Yeah, it it means the exact same thing. <laughs> Nothing. No, keep America great. What what is uh, Joe Biden's? Is build back better? Ugh. Who who is in charge of the the Democratic Party's PR team? Uh, yeah, Hillary Clinton, clearly. Right. <laughs> Joe Biden is, uh, the, and she's, her and uh, Obama are campaigning for him. It's like, this is the thing that got the guy. Yeah. DNC, yeah. we refuse to learn. DNC, do not care. <laughs> we do not care. If you're going to beat him, you got to take a page out of his book. Oh, there's no difference in people's minds between what you see on TV versus the reality of it even if you're conscious that that everything on tv is fake like if i saw that kid who played joffrey in game of thrones i would still punch him in the face he's probably a lovely person but i don't think he is you can't laugh at that okay we'll play a game called funny or could be funnier okay john lennon assassination funny could be funnier uh funny yeah i look and i'm gonna say this i i look and therefore jeremy looks exactly like mark david (laughs) (laughs) the fact the fact that the world has grown into a society largely made out of mark david chapman's like had lennon survived that he would have severe ptsd to this day (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> ah, ah, fat guy with glasses fat guy with glasses fat guy with glasses <laughs> funny all right and also i, I noticed everybody uh, a lot of these famous assassins just three names we list all their names like they did something bad like you don't use their middle name unless they unless they were bad you know like when my unless- parents used my middle name i knew i was in trouble so <laughs> Is that what this is? Like, who um, is Mark David is a, is a strange name anyway. Mark David! Mark David! Did he get killed? Or did he no, I think he's still alive. Charged? Yeah. A lot of these assassinations, I mean, you know, the, the assassin gets assassinated very quickly after. Yeah, I think uh, Mark David Chapman's still alive. I think um, uh, John Hinckley is still alive. John Wilkes Booth, not still alive. No, John Wilkes Booth, they chased him with torches. Took him a few days. They had to get their torches first. They were like, I mean, they get him, but first. Yeah, there was a guy who shot McKinley, but I both don't know his name and I don't know anything about McKinley. So he was a Polish guy, not McKinley. Um, Leon, 
Schultz. I, I don't know how to say his last name. There's too many Z's in there. Yeah, he was like an anarchist or something. Yeah, yeah. He's like a hipster. Who shot Reagan? John Hinckley. John Hinckley. Yeah, he, he, he was. Uh, yeah, he was doing that to impress uh, Jody Foster, which tells you how fucking terrible Americans are because that ruined Jody Foster's career. Like, wait a minute. Everybody there was like, was like, like he shot Ronald Reagan to try and impress 14 year old Jody Foster from Taxi Driver. And everybody's immediate response was like, fuck you, Jody Foster. <laughs> Damn like, you, Jody. Like, she wasn't allowed to make movies for like 15 years until like Nell. yeah they had to make Uh, and then they're like i guess you can come back (laughs) and he didn't get a middle name because he didn't complete the job right yeah they're like oh dude jody do you do you want to be can you be in this charlie's angels movie and they'll be like no thanks i don't want the president shot you bitch (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) we do deserve the country we have oh for sure for sure. President got shot and we blamed a little girl. <laughs> Man, could you imagine being her agent? Just like trying to get, she was great. He probably, he probably <laughs> dropped her. Uh, hey, heard the president just shot somebody to impress you. You're dropped, you bitch. <laughs> I voted for Reagan. Click. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! If that happened today, yeah, Chloe Grace Moretz, you'll never work a day in this town again. Oh my God! Like, if the internet was around, like Jody Fo- Jody Foster should give talks on this. All right, so Ronald Reagan, he lived funny. William McKinley, um, nobody knows it, but nobody cares about that assassination. Same with James Garfield. It's like, nah, those were fine. Yeah, they were just too long ago and weren't too stupid. I think Garfield would have lived if it weren't for terrible medical practices. I, I mean that that could be that could be said of most people. Yeah, that have ever died. Uh, Chester A. Arthur took over. Um, because I guess Garfield. I mean, Garfield was widely regarded, and everybody talks about what could have been of the Garfield presidency. Um, maybe that's the quantum leap one that we just don't know anything about like if they could go back or maybe there already was a quantum leap and it could have ended terribly so like it was like somebody leaped back into the past to kill McKinley to save us from an even darker future Charles Guiteau uh, mentally disturbed man who worked unsuccessfully as an editor and a lawyer it's like well I I guess I'll uh (laughs) My backup job just kills the president. Those are two very stable jobs. Right? <laughs> those are. <laughs> yeah, but he, he failed to make a name for himself in those positions. So he's like, well, how do I get my name out there? Ah. Shoot the president. Done deal. Um, articles that printed had like massive spelling errors. <laughs> Where can we find a good editor? (laughs) (laughs) Guiteau wrote letters to Garfield 
to press the president to reward him with an ambassadorship to Austria or a position as the head of the U.S. consulate in Paris. He convinced himself that a speech that he wrote uh, for Ulysses S. Grant, uh, who was the Democratic nominee. uh, Hold on. Let's let's backtrack here. Uh, he changed an incoherent speech that he had written for Ulysses S. Grant called "Grant versus Hancock." Hancock was the Democratic nominee. You should you should call this podcast "Listen While David Learns." <laughs> <laughs> let's learn together. You can't learn with David. No, I'm not learning anything. <laughs> well, you can't learn with. I'm David. just I'm listening to you skimming Wikipedia. <laughs> no, I'm not content, I'm on, my friend. Not Wikipedia, encyclopedia. Britannica, so it's a, it's a cited source. Thank you. Why did I think you were going to say Encyclopedia Brown? <laughs> Is that was that a, an encyclopedia? Oh, I've just showed my age. Encyclopedia Brown was like he was like a kid's detective, like a Hardy Boys type thing. Mm. But he knew a lot of things. So Got all it. the other kids in the neighborhood called him Encyclopedia Brown, and they solved neighborhood mysteries. That wasn't his family. That wasn't his given name. No, it was like Bill. <laughs> Why? Do, that's what I would name my kid. Not Bill. Encyclopedia. Just set him up for success. Encyclopedia Horning. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's not bad. No, not not bad at all. Or or just Encyclopedia. Cut the last name. You're just Encyclopedia. That's uh, like a rapper's name. Yeah. Oh, for oh sure. my God! You would have to be a great rapper if you name yourself Encyclopedia. You'd have to be an even better rapper if you named yourself Thesaurus. A lot more wordplay. Um, so basically, this guy wrote a speech for Ulysses S. Grant. Um, he convinced himself that the the fact that the speech didn't go well um, was responsible for delivering Garfield's victory over Hancock. He wrote letters to Garfield to press the president to reward him with ambassadorship to Austria. So he's like, it's because of me that you're president. So give me a job as the ambassador to Austria. And the president was like, I'm not responding to this. And uh, so he was just like, I'm going to kill the guy. And then he was arrested. He appeared unhinged during his trial. Um, because the last thing you want to do when you get arrested is appear hinged. That's true. If you just shot the president, you don't want to be like, Hey guys, Oh, I'm arrested. Well, let me put on some shoes. Yeah. (laughs) I meant to do the, no, you want to put your left shoe on your right foot and your right shoe on someone else's foot. Like you don't want to, (laughs) you don't want to appear put together. Uh, he appeared unhinged during his trial, claimed he was doing the Lord's work by shooting Garfield and died by hanging on June 30th. His wrong shoe, wrong foot strategy did not work, it turns out. No. So America loves a hanging. America does love a hanging. Hey, man, that would really bring the country together today, I think. Oh, yeah. It's public executions. We love that stuff. I mean, the, the modern-day public execution is, uh, is you know, your, your murder podcast and your documentaries. I yeah. actually, yeah, that's... That's uh, pretty true. People are ghoulish and terrible. Mm. Got to give in to our our, our animalistic nature. Should do it to All the right, subway last one. guy. Funny could be funnier. Robert Kennedy. I mean, his assassin's name was Sirhan Sirhan. That's funny. <laughs> yes. That's could be funnier 
if he was murdered by sister sister. <laughs> <laughs> so both funny and could be funny. Um, <laughs> sister, sister. <laughs> RFK is upsetting the mob's agenda. Sister, sister. What was Sir? Yeah, it wasn't that important of an assassination because what was Sir Han Sir Han's middle name? Uh, sir. <laughs> if, if he was knighted before, he's like I'm Sir. Yeah, Sir it was Sir his Han. first name Sir Han. Sir, last name Han. <laughs> ah, you're right. Sir Han S Han. <laughs> uh, uh, there. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Wasn't he shot in it? He was shot in a hotel kitchen, right? Right. Right. Mm, that's a. Uh, uh, I don't know. You've worked in restaurants, so you know they still didn't let those people go home. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, hold uh, on. <laughs> Table 32 has been waiting 25 minutes for their steak. We got to get it out still. <laughs> <laughs> uh excuse me uh was this sitting under a heat lamp uh yeah the democratic uh nominee was just assassinated right there Ooh, but my, i could use a i could use a refresher on my coffee listen this is our anniversary we don't get out of the house we got a sitter tonight <laughs> 45 minutes <laughs> So funny. <laughs> okay. That was good. Um, I, I like that. Uh, uh, so my whole thing with, with this assassination was that, um, you know, Robert F. Kennedy was always compared to his brother. Like, oh, John didn't do that. John did this. Why, why can't you be more like John? So he was like, fine, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to finally step out from underneath my brother, brother's shadow. I'm going to be the president. And then he got assassinated. And still his assassination is overshadowed by his brother's. The real tragedy of that story is there was a 45-minute wait for a table. <laughs> right? If only Yelp were around. One star. The matter of coming out with this wretched excuse. Somebody what better be dying the in there. Story? There was a two-hour wait. <laughs> Can you bring us out some breadsticks or something? <laughs> no, I'm going to take care of this. <laughs> Where he shot today is now lives on as the RFK Memorial Salad Bar. Laughing. <laughs> <laughs> and then the conspiracy theories. I mean, that's a totally another. That, that's a total other topic of conversation. But yeah, I mean, you use that as a as a a strong opening line for your joke. And I mean, any assassination is obviously looked at through the lens of a conspiracy theory. Well, another part of the joke that I didn't include in there, but it's it's true, is that my dad is a Mason. So the whole theory that these guys are all powerful is, I mean, the joke is, is that like they don't control the world if they couldn't even get my mother's spending in order. Like, I don't, from my point of view, I don't envision a world where where both the Masons and QVC can exist. Not doing a great job. No. No, these people aren't in control of shit. Right. I mean... My brother's a Mason now. I've been asked to be a Mason so many times. Like, I'm not... I don't... I don't want to join your stupid secret society. Mm -hmm. All A, 
it's not a secret. B, I don't agree with anybody. And C, if it helped me out that much, if it would like help me out professionally that much, why haven't you motherfuckers hooked me up? I'm ass deep. I'm ass deep in Masons. You could call in a couple of favors, you fucks. <laughs> yeah, but you can tell people you're involved with the organization whose symbol is on the back of the dollar. Ugh. Yeah, I really want to join something that George Washington had like joined. How's the dental plan? Well, George Washington was a member, so that should tell you right there. <laughs> yeah, that the healthcare system was messed up back then too. He couldn't even see a good dentist. Uh, country was built by a slave-mouthed liar. <laughs> We've been slave-mouthed ever since. <laughs> That's the tooth transplant that nobody talks about. Yeah. People who should have been assassinated. Do you have a list? Mm. Past tense. I'm going to be Past. completely edited out of this. And? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is probably probably uh, dangerous. McCarthy could have been taken out. He did a lot of damage. Funny could uh, be funnier. <laughs> Honestly, Reagan. I think I think we'd be living in a different country had John Hinckley been a better shot. That's why I don't want to make the mistake he made. Um, don't be a John Hinckley. Finish the job. <laughs> yeah, but but there's nothing the worse than an attempted assassin. As much as we're talking about John Wilkes Booth, like John Hinckley, uh, I can't even shoot a president. He's a disappointment to his parents. He is. I mean, all right, but here's the thing. If he would have succeeded, we would have never gotten Silence of the Lambs. So. That's true. You know, it's a, it's a double-edged sword. Silence of the Lambs or uh, the war on drugs. Right. Uh, and oh we would God. have more years of Bush. You know, that's all. That's fun for everybody. You know, that. I mean, that's true. I don't know. We'll see. And we'll see when I invent that time machine. Right. <laughs> and I go back in time as John Hinckley. <laughs> Ooh, it was you the whole time. What was John Hinckley's name? <laughs> David. <laughs> John David Hinckley. Also <laughs> Sir Han. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, when I found out that MLK was assassinated, I remember... Um, thinking that it was James Earl Jones that did it. Wait, was there a gap in between you learning about Martin Luther King Jr. and learning that he was assassinated? Because that's kind of a mean trick. <laughs> there was. Hey, it, there's yeah. this guy out there. He, he talks about dreams. He thinks everybody should live together and have a fair shake. And you're like, wow. That guy sounds that's, great. Why is yeah. he president? Really I don't know. It really softened. Then, like three weeks later, oh yeah, they killed him. They teach you about Martin Luther King when you're when you're in elementary school. Uh, they don't they don't drop the assassination bomb right away. <laughs> they wait till you're old enough to be able to to handle that. You know, it makes so much sense. You see all the uh, uh, what's his name, Rudy, um, who shot uh, who shot Martin Luther King? Uh, not Rudy, James Earl Ray. James Earl Ray. Thank you. Um, and I was thinking of Jack Ruby, who uh, 
who killed Kennedy, James Earl Ray. Yeah, like you can see how these fucking hillbillies think. Like, uh, like you don't agree with me. I disagree with something. Well, I guess we need secret police to kidnap you. Yeah, that's the fucking only way to get on the same page. Yeah, it's a little more nuanced to that. Don't worry, I'm going to go ahead and take care of this. <laughs> Actually, and that is what's bullshit. Like in the South and stuff, like when they did announce, those fucking crackers did cheer when Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. Like those are our parents and grandparents, not you, Jeremy. Those are our parents and grandparents. Like, and that's like out of all these assassinations, they were met kind of like with like a, what did you do? Martin Luther King was not like that. People were like, oh, good. Somebody I disagree with about equality is dead. Let's shoot our guns into the air. Yosemite Sam style. Fucking hillbillies. It's a, it's a good indication of who's actually a piece of shit. Uh, he escaped from prison. Did you know that? James Earl Ray escaped from prison with six other convicts. They were recaptured three days later. And get this, a year was added to his previous sentence, increasing it to 100 years. That's a steep, steep penalty, that extra year. Mm. He was sentenced to 99 years in prison, which, I mean, <laughs> do you think he was like counting down the days? <laughs> <laughs> See, even that's actually kind of suspicious. Like, oh, you'll get one year. Like, no. For Slap on the wrist. Yeah, even that's even that's pretty shady. Uh, Fucking okay. crackers. Fucking crackers. There were some conspiracies uh, about this assassination, which I wasn't aware of. Um, they made him... They convinced him to take a polygraph test as part of <laughs> as part of an interview with Playboy. What? Why would you interview that guy? Why would you give that guy the time of day after he he killed like one of the best people ever? And then there was and Play Hugh Hefner was like, you know what'll really drive up viewers or, or subscribers? Let's interview an assassin. That is really really weird. Man, history is real weird. Um, it's right in between Miss September and Dirty Jokes. <laughs> <laughs> mm, right before, right before they rub one out. Yeah, <laughs> I I want comprehensive journalism in between jerking off and falling asleep. <laughs> Tell me more about what James Earl Ray said. Come on. <laughs> Uh, uh, mm. <laughs> I can go to sleep now. What if that's a genius move, though? And that's like when men are most attentive. What when they're? T- yeah, they're. they're uh, oh, hey, maybe they shouldn't have shot him. <laughs> <laughs> At this rate, I'll never get through this whole life issue. Hmm. All right, so that's fun. I didn't know that about. James Earl Ray. Um, yeah, he's dead now, so that's good. Not enough. He died that. in prison, right? Yeah. Of old age? Uh, let's see. He was 70. Uh, he was 70. Mm. So, I don't know. Maybe he got sick. I don't care too much. But, my yes, let's, <laughs> let's see. He 
died from complications related to kidney disease and liter- liver failure caused by hepatitis C. Uh, how how does Hep C work better justice than than America does? Right. I mean that that's a real quick open and shut case. Just throw him off a balcony somewhere and be done with it. He did not want to be buried or have his final resting place in the United States because of the way the government treated him. Oh, yeah. I'd go piss on his grave. That's smart. Yeah. They, I mean, honestly, that would be, that's the kind of statue we need. That's what we need to do with the statues. <laughs> Just like five bucks, pee on them. This goes to education. and, de- and like- <laughs> Oh, my God. What if that's... That's brilliant. What if okay, legal vandalization? Now, what if you? What if miniature Confederate statues for your dog to pee on? Yeah, that is. You can brilliant. pee on it. Hack off a piece of Jefferson Davis. Pay ten bucks. It goes to to the school system. Yeah, you know? I think we figured it out. It's yeah, like, we just saved America, guys. It's All right, and we did it with Confederate statues. <laughs> Congratulations. You know. It's not as black and white as keep them or take them down. It's like, what we can do something with this. Melt them down into bullets and replace them with smaller ones for dogs to be on. <laughs> Problem solved. Good day. Good work, Congress. <laughs> um, I mean, and that's the whole thing. It's like jokes like uh, about assassin. Like, it's not so black and white, obviously. You know, comedy exists in the gray. The world exists in the gray. And to say it's, you know, funny or not funny is is kind of a, a limiting perspective. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Uh, it's actually what I said at the beginning. All of these things, they're exaggerated and they're silly, but they're, they are some variation of of what I actually believe. So that's actually kind of a strict guideline to stick to that a lot of comedians don't like going out there and being explicitly racial for the laugh is an easy thing to do or like whatever, whatever thing shock value versus shocking people is two different things. Shocking people into listening versus shocking them for attention. Mm. And it's not even the same. You can shock the people with the truth nowadays. You just go up and say the truth, and nowadays, it's always been that way. I don't know why I'm speaking like an old man. Uh, You know, if you just go out and say, like, basic facts, like, America is built on slave mouths, like, white people, like, that's an upsetting statement. That's a shock value thing. Even though there's nothing, what can you argue with there? America was founded by a bunch of slave mouths. That's that's a fact. You can look it up. Look it up. Yes. And yet people people are like they like their bullshit. Mm-hmm. And if you clear it away, they get all upset. We want we want it to make us feel good. We don't want to feel guilty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean you, even that old thing where they're like where Batman like in that movie where uh Batman was like, uh, let's let's not tell the truth about Harvey Dent because the myth has legend. That's bullshit. No, it doesn't. Tell everybody. Harvey Dent murdered a bunch of fucking people. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, why are we sugarcoating? We can learn from it better if we know exactly what happens. Like, hey, let's not do that. Yeah, we have 
a bunch of information at our disposal. Why are we can like why would we continue to ignore that fact? Mm-hmm. It doesn't. I mean, it doesn't make. It doesn't make the fact that, you know, this, those people founded this crazy experiment in a new nation, you know, it doesn't nullify that fact. They were shitty people. Everybody's sh- a shitty person on some level. Yeah. And they were slave owners. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it wasn't, and it wasn't like they were, pre- weren't presented with the, with like the notion that slave owning might be wrong. They, they, they heard it and they were like, Ooh, that doesn't sound right. I think it's okay. And then continued on. Well, it says in Leviticus that it's fine. Yeah, the Bible. I read the Bible and it says it's okay. And like, that's the same shit we're doing today. We overlook a bunch of shit where we're like, ah, I think it's okay. Yeah, to fit our own narrative. Kind of to thing. fit our own well, bullshit. This makes me feel good, so it's true. Yeah. Or it's not true. Or look over there. Sorry, this is a rough podcast to do in quarantine because does do they all end in like crazy ranting? Uh, we yeah, we've had that for sure. <laughs> There's some alternate endings, that's for sure. Okay, good. I mean, this is a co- uh, podcast by comedians. There's of course going to be crazy ranting. Entire yeah, episodes it's, are filled with crazy rants. I mean, yeah, it's. We're finding nuance in touchy topics, so there's going to be some rants. But, uh, Tim, I'm glad that you were able to join us. Uh, <laughs> I love that he just, he just like, loud. this is the most comfortable podcast episode we've done. Yeah, this is, uh, I found this setup, and it's, uh, it's pretty nice. This is, Corey bought this chair. Uh, it's used, but it's from Potty, Pottery Barn. It's like initially was like a thousand dollar chair. It's like some sort of like super construction where it's like crazy light, but somehow still durable. Huh. Uh, I didn't know Pottery Barn. Let's take that back. Pottery Barn makes chairs. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever set foot in a Pottery Barn, but look at this. It's amazing. That's ridiculous. Um, You would think that they would just specialize in, you know, barns. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but not making space sage furniture. All right. I guess I got to go to Pottery Barn. Yeah. This uh, podcast brought to you by Pottery Barn. Pottery Barn. Oh. We do furniture too. <laughs> All right. I better get out of here and take this dog back home. All right. <laughs> Tim, we, we did uh, leave out the part of the beginning where you did say you abducted a dog. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, Tim, I'll see you later. Where can we find you on social media? Uh, coach for dogs.com or at life coach for dogs at uh, social media stuff. Anything else you want to plug? Uh, well, we do, me and Jeremy uh, do a podcast called The Dog Walker's Companion. Uh, I should say me and Golden Ox Studios do a, a podcast uh, called The Dog Walker's Companion pertaining to dog issues in Northeast Ohio. And uh, if you have a dog and you live in the Cleveland area, uh, what this, uh, this October we're doing a Barktoberfest at the Beachland Ballroom. Uh, so it'll be a uh, beer and drinking and music and dog kind of thing. All right, that sounds like a good time. I'm actually I just inherited a dog, so maybe uh, maybe I'll swing by. How did you inherit a dog? Uh, my girlfriend moved in, and she has a dog. 
Oh, okay. That's good. Dogs All right. <laughs> okay. That's, that's better. I was like, did somebody die and leave a dog? That's how, that's how <laughs> I heard it. I inherited it. I found it. I assassinated somebody and took I, uh, it. Tim, thanks for joining us, man. It was a good time. All right, take it easy. Bye. And uh, for all of our listeners, uh, yeah, Tim, you can go. Uh, if the we, audience, we don't need you for the sign-off here unless you want to stick around. And remember, folks, if the audience raises a fit, stand by the bit. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Pause, no, pause that, I mean, that's editing. a good lesson. <laughs> that, you got to lean into it. You can't, you know, you can't just apologize for the bit that you just did, especially if it ruffles some feathers. Otherwise, they will tar and feather you uh, with the feathers that you ruffled. So, with that being said, no matter. <laughs> I love that analogy think, so much. I think we murdered this episode. I think yeah. we assassinated it. And uh, remember that, uh, well, first of all, disclaimer, if something does happen to the president, it was by none of us. Uh, so, let's just throw that one. I don't there. stand by that statement. It might be me. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> all right man uh we'll uh we'll end on that note <laughs> listen if my mom or my wife dies of coronavirus i'm killing the president okay you heard it here first you heard it here man this that is one way to get to drive up listenership <laughs> yeah. like, did you guys hear about that podcast where the guy said the thing and then the president died and then the president said <laughs> <laughs> i'm thinking arby's uh, <laughs> it's a bam. <laughs> it's, it's like the Arby's. Bam. Yep. Not anymore. You're not. Because you we have shit. That was a meaty episode. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. Again, uh, check out Golden Ox Studios uh, if, for all your podcast and streaming needs. This is You Can't Laugh at That. You can uh, contribute to, first of all, thank you to our patron. Uh, you can contribute to our Patreon so we can continue this podcast and continue to bring in uh, some good guests to help you find and realize that no matter what the situation, no matter what the premise, there is always a way to laugh at that. So check us out, patreon.com forward slash you can't laugh pod, and we will see you next time. These assassinations were brought to you by Me Undies. If you'd like to weigh in on today's topic, follow us on Twitter at You Can't Laugh Pod or like us on Facebook at You Can't Laugh at That and tell us how you did laugh at today's topic or how you didn't. This is all about the conversation, is what I'm saying. All right. Bye. You can't laugh at that.